And welcome back to the Diary of an Arcade Employee podcast. As many of you guessed from the last episode, the subject of today's show is Data East's 1982 classic platformer, Burger Time. Burger Time, as I just mentioned, was developed and published by Data East back in 1982. As is often the case with some of these iconic arcade games, I couldn't uncover any information on who actually worked on the game itself. I can, however, at least tell you that in Japan, it was originally released as Hamburger. But when making its North American debut, by way of Bally Midway, it was changed to Burger Time. In addition, the game in Japan was originally created for the Data East Deco cassette system. In short, it was Data East's answer to arcade owners wanting to be able to easily change a game. When a particular cabinet stopped earning revenue, the game itself was on an actual microcassette tape. And, watching a video of the game on YouTube, it looks like it only took 120 to 180 seconds for an arcade owner to wait until the new title had uploaded and they were back in business. I believe the Deco cassette system lasted until 1985, with over 40 games being produced. Not just Burger Time, but the likes of 1981's Super Astro Fighter, Lock and Chase, Mission X, and even Bump and Jump. The problem, though, with the system I've read was it was easy for the cassettes themselves to become faulty, to become demagnetized. Plus, you might be thinking that since it was just a microcassette tape, that people could copy them, which I guess they could. But Data East, in addition, made sure the games had a security dongle that attached to the cassette drive inside the base cabinet. Sadly, these dongles that appear could also fail on a regular basis. I will be sure to post a video I found on this podcast post on the Retrolist. It's from a few years back, and you can see what is believed to be the only remaining Deco cassette system still in use at an arcade. A cocktail cabinet, in fact. Now, of course, when Data East licensed Burger Time for North American distribution, it was as a standard dedicated arcade cabinet. Although, I've read some of those Data East Deco cassette system versions were available in the States, too. Burger Time was, in fact, one of those arcade games that I first experienced at that magical place in my youth, Showbiz Pizza. Interestingly enough, the popularity of the game, at least in my neck of the woods, led to a little hamburger joint opening up near the high school where I live. It had maybe 10 arcade games, like Burger Time and Pac-Man. I say that Data East's 1982 game led to the place opening because its name was, you guessed it, Burger Time. I'm sad to say, though, that the popularity of the arcade game wasn't enough of a draw to keep it open for very long. Now then, Burger Time tasks one to two players taking turns to fill the shoes of Chef Peter Pepper. 
who must safely traverse platforms that hold the oversized ingredients for his world-famous hamburgers. Or maybe Peter Pepper got shrunk somehow. Anyway, the player can travel up and down ladders that connect the platforms and move across those platforms across the various ingredients for hamburgers, like lettuce, a meat patty, tomato, cheese, as well as the top and bottom buns. As a player fully walks across the ingredient, it will drop down to the next platform level. If another ingredient is on the lower level, that one will drop down one level too. You will get 50 points for every single ingredient that falls for each level it drops past. The ultimate goal is to assemble at least four hamburgers per stage. Stage three, though, requires six. Thankfully, the burger ingredients themselves are vertically aligned, with the bottom bun dropping into what I suppose is a holding bin or plate below. You won't be mixing up the ingredients like in Activision's Atari 2600 game Pressure Cooker from 1983. Finish dropping all of the hamburger ingredients will bring about an end to that stage. Moving about the platforms would be much simpler if the player wasn't being continuously, and in my personal opinion, aggressively chased by the nightmarish collection of angry anthropomorphic food items that are Mr. Hot Dog, Mr. Egg, and the worst one of all, Mr. Pickle. That last one shouldn't be confused with my good friend and former employee at the Arcadia Retrocade, Mr. Andy Pickle. Although, now that I think about it, I don't believe I can remember him ever playing Burger Time. Hmm. Obviously, if the player makes contact with any of the enemies, he loses a life. The player controls Peter Pepper by way of a four-way joystick, allowing movement up and down as well as left and right. The platforms for the stages vary in design. There are six individual stage designs, and they just cycle after that with an interesting event occurring on stage 28. I will get to that in just a bit, though. Chef Peter Pepper has at least one defense available to him, none other than a pepper shaker he carries with him that he uses to toss Pepper in the direction he is currently facing, hopefully into the face of an enemy. Doing so will stun the enemy it hits. The foe will turn a different color and convulse as they are overcome with a sneezing attack. The problem is, you only have a limited number of peppers at your disposal, so you really have to use them sparingly. It's all too easy to find yourself stuck on a meat patty with Mr. Egg on one side and Mr. Hot Dog closing in on the other. You have to use those peppers up close and only when it counts. Now the good news is the player can pick up pepper bonus items that will refill your number of available pepper throws by one. In addition to earning that extra pepper shake, you get bonus points for grabbing one of the pepper bonuses, which appear near the center of the stage when a certain number of ingredients have dropped. The ice cream will get you 500 points, the cup of coffee earns you 1,000 points, and the french fries net you 1,500 points. Much like the fruit bonuses in Pac-Man, they only remain on screen for a short period of time. And you're generally far too busy trying to stay away from the bad guys to worry about making a beeline for that bonus. 
While the player only has that pepper shaker to use in emergencies, the hamburger ingredients themselves can be used as weapons. The easiest way to dispatch a foe is to wait until you spy one moving on the platform beneath you. Walking across the ingredient above them will let it drop and squash the foes beneath it. Doing so will earn you 100 points for every Mr. Hot Dog, 200 points for Mr. Pickle, and 300 points for Mr. Egg crushed beneath that ingredient. After being squashed, the enemy will quickly reappear on the right or left hand side of the stage and start to chase you once again. Most players will concentrate on getting to the top bun ingredient first, as it will help to push down the ingredients beneath it, giving you one less thing to worry about. However, the best way to take out the enemies in burger time is to lure them onto an ingredient, maybe walking halfway across or nearly to the edge before it will drop. You see, once you've done this and you send the ingredient dropping below you with a foe on it, the piece will drop two levels for every enemy caught on it. If you're going for points, this is another good time to use the pepper to stun a foe next to you so you can make sure they're trapped. On an edible express elevator going down. Doing so will earn you some mega points, as well as forcing the bad guys to have to walk across the bottom of the screen to get back into the game. It gives you a temporary break from being chased. Dropping an ingredient with one bad guy earns you 500 points, plus the usual points for taking out Mr. Hot Dog, Mr. Egg, and Mr. Pickle. Two enemies dropped will get you 1,000 points, three earns you 2,000, 4,000 points for four bad guys, 8,000 points for 5, and a whopping 16,000 points for dropping 6 enemies on an ingredient at once. Bear in mind that a player earns a bonus chef for every 20,000 points. At least, that is the setting at the arcade. Alright, let's talk a bit about those bad guys. Mr. Hot Dog appears to have an affinity for the ladders that connect the platforms, because it certainly appears that at times he would rather use them instead of heading to the right or left to slam into the player and cost them a life. If you see one coming across a platform and you aren't being swarmed, you can move just a little ways up a ladder and Mr. Hot Dog will generally do the same on a nearby ladder. Honestly, Mr. Egg and Mr. Pickle seem to have that same fascination with ladders. But after the first couple of stages, and with the increased number of enemies, I've always found myself concentrating more on just keeping on the run and too busy to spare the time to try and bait them up and down the ladders. I should mention that the bad guys can't change their direction once they are moving. So if you happen to pop up behind a Mr. Egg while it's headed left, it won't stop and suddenly rush to the right of you. The enemies have to go up or down a ladder to alter a direction. You can have a little fun with them in the early stages, traveling close behind a pack of Mr. Hot Dogs as they move across a platform. Having said that, I personally think that Mr. Pickle and Mr. Egg are more dangerous. I have no hard proof of this, of course. It just feels like, when I'm playing the game, they have a greater chance to zero in on my location. While this helps to get high scores when you're attempting to group your foes together to let them drop on a hamburger ingredient, it also means that it's far easier to get trapped in a dead end, literally, of a section of the stage. The number of enemy types vary by stage. For example, in the first six stages, you have to contend with three Mr. Hot Dogs on stages one and two. 
with only one of them appearing on stage three. But four of them will rush after you on stage four, with stage five having none, and then two Mr. Hot Dogs on stage six. I believe the following levels after that, as the game recycles the stages, you only have to ever contend with two Mr. Hot Dogs per stage. But that is judging from videos I've seen online. I've never made it past stage five myself. The bad guys also appear to speed up after stage 6 as well. While at the very least you don't have to worry about Chef Peter Pepper dropping stages himself while walking across hamburger ingredients, the truth of the matter is that there is one more obstacle for players to deal with. And that happens to be the designs for the stages themselves. I'm not going to go into super detail on all six stage designs, but to give you some prime examples, while stage one offers plenty of opportunities to dash up or down a ladder to escape the enemies, starting with stage two, that all changes. The bottom half of that stage can be a beast, as it offers the players only three choices in ladders. The middle one leads straight to the top, but with plenty of options for bad guys to swarm you from side platforms. Plus, the bottom buns of the hamburger are situated at the bottom of two of those ladders. So, it's better to knock those down by dropping the other ingredients from up above. Or, you could find yourself getting stuck in a corner with nowhere to go. This gets amplified with each new stage. Naturally, stage six being the worst because it offers a ton of platforms that lead to dead ends way too easy to get trapped. I mentioned that stage 28 had something interesting about it earlier. Starting on that stage and the following ones, the enemies are moving so fast they are almost a blur, with poor Chef Peter Pepper stuck at his usual speed. Apparently, if you can survive this for 90 seconds, there is a section near the top of the platforms where a player can stand. The enemies will super slow down, moving only one step every five seconds. Now, you will have to learn where to head for each of the six stages. Find out where you can stay out of their reach until they slow down. Speaking of tips, former world champion Jeffrey Dean Lowe Jr. uses what he calls the Mad Dash trick, in which he explained, quote, something that very few players use is something I call Mad Dash. If you watch as the chef is drawn on the screen, he walks up down ladders at approximately eight steps a second. So, in theory, if you can press up and down on the joystick faster than eight times a second, you can go faster. This is very helpful on later levels like level 20. This does not work on going left and right because the steps are smaller and the computer has to draw the chef facing you again if you let go of the controller. It's a bit complicated, but like I said earlier, it can be very helpful." End quote. Here's a fun fact. If a player loses a life just as the last burger to clear the stage has been completed, that death doesn't count. The game will just advance to the next stage without costing you a chef. Alright, that is the basic gist of Burger Time. As I've pointed out on this podcast before, this golden age of video games really stand out in terms of creativity. I mean, Data East made a game where the point was to make hamburgers. But also, like many of the classic titles, the gameplay, while easy to pick up and understand, is incredibly hard to master. I'm afraid I'm not good enough to ever truly worry about points. With the way the bad guys have a tendency to box you in, it's all I can do to keep out of their reach. The world record holder for Burger Time by way of Twin Galaxies is Brian Wagner with 11,512,500 points, set on September 9th of 2008. 
I would say that at the arcade, the high score holder for Burger Time would be Henry Holder, who I have personally witnessed racking up an impressive score. But the truth of the matter is, it is Michael Dietrich, who, I might add, that on Twin Galaxies, for Burger Time on MAME, holds the 16th place spot with 1,135,450 points. I'm not sure he remembers this, but we once had the opportunity to play a two-player game in the early days of the Arcadia Retrocade. In fact, I had the best game of my life, cheered on by both Michael and Shay Mathis, the owner and manager of the arcade. Michael, however, is a champ, and it was an honor to see him nail a very impressive score, one over a million points. I've mentioned before that at the arcade, we don't exactly put too much into high scores. Being family friendly, we see it as our job to share the beauty and joy of a fully functioning arcade in this day and age above all. Having said that though, it's an incredibly amazing thing to witness when the likes of Michael Dietrich drops in to go for a record, or just to increase his own personal score. I've seen Michael use a grouping tactic while playing, where he leads the enemies on a merry chase, and when they are close enough together to almost touch him, he'll throw the pepper, which affects them all, and seems afterwards, when they recover, to move as one unit, just one big block of enemies, which allows Michael to get incredibly high scores when he drops them on those hamburger ingredients. And now, these messages. Time, the home video game where you're a chef being chased by food that constantly disagrees with you, like hot dogs that have a taste for revenge, eggs that don't turn over easy, and pickles that are very, very sour. Now for Intellivision, coming this fall for Atari 2600. From Mattel Electronics, don't be surprised if you were on the menu. Please. Help me! Introducing Burger Time, the new home video game where you're the chef trying to make hamburgers. There's just one problem. The food is trying to make hamburger out of you. Another hot new arcade game for Intellivision, Burger Time. With arcade-like super graphics, only on Intellivision. We are closed now! New from Intellivision, Burger Time. This year's hot new game. You are Peter Pepper. You're out to build delicious hamburgers. Nothing can stop you except menacing hot dogs or pickles. Bury them under beef patties. Knock them out with a shake of pepper. How many burgers can you build before you end up with egg on your face? Burger Time. All your friends will want to be the best Peter Pepper on the block. Get it now. Only for Intellivision from Mattel Electronics. Friends, I want to point out that second Burger Time commercial is a live-action ad. One that is slightly terrifying with that scowling Mr. Hot Dog snarling, we're closed now, before slamming the drive-in window shut. It also happens to feature actor Ike Eisenman of Disney's Witch Mountain and Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan fame. I first saw that second ad during a commercial break on the popular Starcade TV show. I'll have to tackle that arcade game show on a future podcast. The popularity of Burger Time led it to being ported to numerous home consoles and computers of the day, like the Apple II, the Atari 2600, 
ColecoVision, Intellivision, the Aquarius Home Computer, and IBM PC. These ports were from Mattel Electronics. Data East itself published a port for the TI-99, the Famicom, and Nintendo Entertainment System. In 1984, Burger Time received a sequel with Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory. But, like 1990's Super Burger Time, these were arcade games that didn't have a wide distribution. An Intellivision sequel was produced in 1987, entitled Diner. This was actually programmed by Ray Kastener, who also oversaw the programming of the original Burger Time port for the Intellivision. For the record, I own both the Atari 2600 and Intellivision versions. The latter is an incredible port, and one you should seek out in my personal opinion. Namco released Burger Time Delight for mobile phones back in 2007. With Burger Time World Tour for the Xbox Live Arcade and PlayStation Network in 2011. It has since been delisted on the Xbox Marketplace. There was a Wii version released in 2012. Burger Time was part of the original 50 arcade titles that the arcade had to offer when the doors were first opened. At the moment, it shares a spot next to 1983's Root Beer Tapper on one side and 1984's Mr. Do's Wild Ride on the other. As you can imagine, Burger Time is still an incredibly popular game. Of the 130 arcade titles on the floor at the moment, it is easily in the top 10 of most played games. And friends, I think that about wraps up our Burger Time episode. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to the show. The Diary of an Arcade Employee is available on iTunes and even Spotify. So, if you have a moment, why not subscribe and help us get the word out on the show by leaving a review and some comments. Helping the podcast reach new listeners is always appreciated. You can find out more about the Arcadia Retrocade by visiting Facebook. Or for daily posts, you can check out the Diary of an Arcade Employee podcast Facebook page. I share all manner of vintage arcade and home console fun multiple times a day. If you have any feedback or comments about the podcast itself, you can always reach me on Facebook or throw me an email at vicsage at retroist.com. You can also find me posting videos of the arcade on my Instagram account, which is simply vicsage underscore. I, of course, want to thank the Retroist, not for just hosting the show, but for providing a spot on the internet where you can visit throughout the week to find some of the best retro-related articles and podcasts. Until next time, have a token on me as we listen to a clip of the game I'll discuss on the next episode. This has been a Retroist production. Thank you for listening, and have a better one. Goodbye. End of line.